as most of you know, since I've been incessantly announcing it at all of the masses, I meet with high schoolers twice a week, and we sit around and talk about the Sunday readings. In addition to being an awesome way to walk with some of our young people, these meetings are occasionally very helpful for my homilies, because high schoolers often ask excellent questions. This week's question was excellent because it forced me to look at something I had just glossed over, something that I just took for granted because of all my years in seminary. The question was, what is this promise that Jeremiah is talking about in our first reading? In case you need that line again, Jeremiah says, The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and Judah. So what is that promise? One could say that God made a lot of promises to the houses of Israel and Judah about blessing them for their fidelity to the covenant. But really, whenever a prophet speaks of a promise like this, he is referring specifically to the promise made to King David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Your house and your kingdom are firm forever before me. Your throne shall be firmly established forever. This promise was incredibly important to the Israelites because it spoke of God's everlasting favor to their nation. As long as David's house stood, so would the Israelite people. What is incredibly interesting about this reference to the promise is that it was made either immediately before or immediately after the fall of Jerusalem to the Babylonians. Jeremiah is repeating this promise of God at exactly the moment when it is overturned. Because when Jerusalem fell, so did the house of David. The house of David had stood for 500 years, and Jeremiah himself was watching it collapse, even as he preached the faithfulness of God. As Christians, of course, we realize that God fulfilled this great promise through Jesus Christ a gift and fulfillment far more profound and everlasting than any earthly kingdom. But Jeremiah, though he was conveying prophecies about Jesus, did not know about the incarnation or the resurrection. He simply trusted in God and faithfully relayed God's messages to the Jewish people, even if he did not completely understand them. Imagine being Jeremiah. His entire world is crumbling around him. The greatest promise given to his people by God is about to be broken. And yet, he nonetheless preaches the message of God with conviction. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and Judah. Jeremiah did not live to see the restoration of Jerusalem, let alone the fulfillment of this promise in Jesus. And imagine being the Jewish people. 
It was 500 years after the fall of the house of David that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. 500 years of waiting and watching and wondering, trying to keep faith in the promise made to King David and renewed through the mouth of Jeremiah. Even most sci-fi movies today do not look as far ahead as the year 2518, which would be 500 years from us. We should remember the feelings of these Israelites during the Advent season. Watching, waiting, wondering. We should feel their uneasiness about a promise that has yet to be fulfilled, but also their hope that it will still be fulfilled. Their trust that God is always faithful to his promises, even if it takes centuries. And we add to their waiting, our own waiting, for the return of the Lord at his second coming. A final victory promised to us 2,000 years ago. A promise of permanent peace and complete unity with God and each other. A promise that has yet to be fulfilled. There is, however, an important difference between what the Jews experienced after Jeremiah and what we experience today. The difference is that on this side of the Incarnation, the promises of God have actually already been fulfilled. While we do wait for the second coming of the Lord, we also know that this second coming merely completes his work. In reality, he is already present among us through the Holy Spirit, the Church, and the sacraments. He has already come, and he never left. And this changes the way we Christians view history. Rather than asking about the next milestone of progress or trying to bring about a new world order, we realize that Jesus is always with us in the good and in the bad, in times of flourishing and in times of chaos. Our hope no longer lies in the future actions of God, but in the present actions of God. We do not ask how he will act, but how he is currently acting. Even when our world seems to be falling apart, as Jeremiah's was, Jesus promised that he would be with us until the end of the age. It is this promise, now, that allows us to look toward the future with a great hope and anticipation, whatever may come.